From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. My mom's never listened to this. Oh, that's... That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it like this is the best beer show ever possible, but that's just what our mom says or something? Well, according to our mothers is is what it is. Uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's sad. All right. Before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us. During the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the furlink at the bottom of our homepage or use blind-ninja-studios at checkout and join today. Also, I'm going to give a big shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornsson, Hoppenbrill Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Brian, what have you been up to beer-related lately, my friend? So... Every single time we record, I'm like, oh, not much. But, you know, like, we went to St. Louis, or I went to St. Louis with uh, Lucy, and we met up with uh, patron Devin Stinson while you were actually in town meeting up with Brian Bryanson, which... Yeah, we were we were dividing is, and conquering. Yeah, and so at least I, I was, like, with a patron. But well, yeah. I... I'm I'm bummed I got I had to miss uh seeing Brian Bryanson again. Um so what up Well, man? I'm bummed that I missed seeing Devin. The Devster is doing just fine. Uh, I can attest to that. Oh, it okay. was hotter than shit in St. Louis. But we went uh not with Devin. I went to four hands with Devin and that was a, a great time. Uh, but Lucy, Jean, and I went to Schlafly, which I think I said that I did already. I can't remember, but the brewery actually that I went to, um, and I was going to tie this together with the patrons that have actually met me in person. I'm not, I'm like very underwhelming in person. Mm, no, <laughs> you're, you're not. I think that. And so I... I went to this brewery called Heavy Riff Brewing Company, um, which is in Dogtown in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I don't go to bars, breweries where I just want to sit there for hours. Like I, it, there are very few. And you've, Casey, probably been with me to those and brian and devin have actually been like ziggy's i used to sit on the end of the bar at ziggy's i liked my spot yeah brian has spots when he goes places yeah and i <laughs> and i've seen him stab a man for his spot back so yeah i usually carry a switchblade no i'm just kidding i don't <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a spot blade a spot blade yeah and so like this heavy riff brewing i could ha have sat there for a long time and i would probably still be I would sitting probably there. Be, yeah well i would probably be the end of the bar regular and the bartenders would be like no just leave brian alone and just give him the double ipa and just leave him alone okay 
and, and that would be how you know that that's that would have been my jam so i love this place um it's super uh like heavily about guitars um and rock music and um i had a great time oh, damn. and the beer was, beer was very good uh so i you know that's what i was up to um what about you um well uh because i know he listens i want to give a uh just a quick belated birthday shout out to curiously tan matt uh happy birthday <laughs> uh <laughs> wait, wait a minute wait a minute i feel like I feel like he only has a birthday every two years because I feel like he doesn't age. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He's ageless. <laughs> Happy birthday, Curiously Tan Man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, besides that, I uh, finally kegged the No Coast Kolsch, and I had a little bit of a a uh, little bit of a disaster day. Oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I. Um, I cleaned the keg, I purged it with CO2, which there's an entire series I want to do about CO2 and think like Zymergy's doing this whole thing. And like, I really want to do some deep dive into that. But anyway, the magazine, not the brewery. Yes. The magazine, not the brewery. Yes. Sorry. Um, I frequent brewery in Menominee. Yes. I have not been there in a hot minute. I need to get up there again. Yeah. But, um, so I purged the thing and then. I take the beer and I put it in the keg and I'm like, Ooh, this beer is interesting. And like in a good way, I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. Cause you remember it was the, the, it, we made uh bells too hearted, but a Kolsch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's that. Why would you not do that? <laughs> um, you like, it's like to be whelmed. <laughs> it was whelming. It's a very whelming beer. But then I went to go uh, put more CO2 into force carbon, and the tank was empty. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, no. Are you, like, I'm I'm really hoping Brian, or not Brian Bryanson, but I'm really hoping that um, Andy, uh, UK Andy, is listening because... He says it's not a brew day unless it's a cock up. Yep. And there was a cock up. But it's not a whatever you were doing, like a keg, keg day <laughs> without a cock up. And keg day cock ups with Casey. Uh, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it sat with, um, with a little bit of oxygen or just air sitting on the, on the top for a couple of days until I could go to the store and get more CO2. And Isn't that shitty how fast it it screws with it? Like yeah, like there's definitely a little bit of like it's not it's not terrible. My dad was hammering it the other day, so my like, <laughs> all right. Turns out your dad likes oxidized beer. I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't know. To each their own. I like stale crackers. So oh man, well, I like day old nachos. So day old nachos. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, like oh, good soggy cho. As a hangover cure, hell yeah. <laughs> should we uh should we do our commercial calibration? Yeah, guys, uh, I just uh we're still at the top of the show. I'm gonna let you know this is gonna be kind of a hangout episode for me and Brian. So if you're not into uh just listening us to us yammer about beer stuff, I don't know. Go to the next episode. <laughs> we're we're gonna talk about some cool stuff, I promise. That. Yeah, it's gonna um, be a lot of fun. 
We'll talk about Bell's Two-Hearted. We'll, we'll have a couple of uh, troubleshooting things. At, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got some. Yeah, we're going to talk about some beer news. We're going to talk about industry trends. We're going to talk about marketing campaigns. And then listener mail. So as per usual, I'm at the the beer store in rural ass Wisconsin, and I'm asking Casey like, what what beers have we not done? And I'll be damned if we haven't done Bell's Oberon, because all we do is blabber about Bell's Too Hearted. So this Bell's Oberon, this is an American wheat ale that Oberon comes out, or I'm sorry, Bell's comes out with every year. I actually have a glass here at home that says Bell's Oberon Summer 2008. I might have. I have a few Bell's glasses. I went to the brewery, and it was awesome, and I loved it. Uh, that, that was back when they were still in Kalamazoo. I'm going to drink it out of my Merid Sioux Belgian Abbey glass. I'm drinking mine out of my, what glass is this? Oh, this is the Cambridge 46th uh, Annual Beer Festival uh, from Cambridge, England. Who just high roaded whom with beer glass? Oh, I'm sorry. I did. <laughs> I don't know. Mine mine has a gold rim on it. Like Mine has a spaceman drinking a pint. And it's from England, just like Andy. Nice. Well, you win this <laughs> round. <laughs> All right. So uh, this bad boy is hazy, but it is an American wheat beer. The head is sticking all the way around. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to read uh, the uh, the copy? Yeah, you could float a bottle cap on this, too. Go oh, ahead, you man. could. Uh, an American wheat ale with a spicy hop character, mildly fruity aromas, and the color and scent of a sunny afternoon. Oberon is made with just malt hops, Bell's signature house ale yeast, and water. The result is medium body and full flavor, making it the perfect beer for warm weather. Uh, when this came out, correct me if I'm wrong, this was essentially a direct competitor with Blue Moon. It's kind of like, I saw this, uh, I saw Oberon and Shock Top and... Uh, come out around the same time as like a like an answer to Blue Moon. I feel like that's anecdotal, and I would have to Google it, and I I'm just not gonna do that. But pro probably, but I I think that this beer is one thousand times more complex than either of those beers put together. I agree. I think when you said spicy for hop character, like I think that there's there's likely a yeast, like they said the house yeast, but I mean, if they ferment their house yeast a little bit warmer, then I think some of the spice comes from that. And I could be wrong, but I'm not bad at tasting beer. So I'm probably right. <laughs> yeah. I have a 2011 article about uh oberon versus blue moon dude this beer is really fucking good this is really good sorry i got distracted by anecdotal evidence versus facts no and that's fine like the the wheat character gives it a a great body i don't know about this being like a warm weather refreshing beer necessarily i kind of find the body to be pretty heavy i want this on a fall day this tastes um, like early fall to me. This is like leaves are starting to change. I want a little bit more 
uh, candied citrus because I get like a candied orange. Oh my gosh, yes. I was literally just going to say that. The the candy orange is very, very present. Um, ar- Holy moly, yeah. Ar- Aroma-wise, there's a like a citrus and wheat character, which there probably should be, right? <laughs> I get just like just a hint of banana. Not like overwhelming, but just a touch. Same. And that's what I was saying. Like, yes, this may have been fermented with their house yeast but likely at a higher temperature so i'd be curious to understand what um what temperature they might have fermented this beer at yeah this is this beer is better than what i remember and i would I, I would slap somebody if they tried to put an orange slice in this i don't want that in this <laughs> like. whatever to each their own no. If you're sitting there with an orange slice and you're over on right now, then I'd still sit at the same table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just don't put it in my beer. <laughs> <laughs> don't be that guy. I've had I'll enough try. beers with that guy. I don't need to hang out yeah, with that guy anymore. Sometimes I'm that guy. Well, well you know, we've all been that guy. <laughs> anyway, this beer is very, very good. Yeah. It finishes, uh, yeah, it finishes really well. It's, oh, man, so good. So teaser though, I found uh, this isn't live, right? I mean, nobody's gonna see this camera angle. I'm assuming. No crap. Well, I won't show the can, but uh, I found right behind it on a build your own six pack. I found a Bell's Change of Heart Experimental IPA. So f- stay tuned. Yeah. Not I, this episode. Some sometime down the road. I like. I've been. I've, I. I really wanted it. I wanted to know. Um, and maybe you should just buy another one. Um. Yeah, I'll, it's halfway home uh, between yeah. work and home, so I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, yeah. Because I I didn't see it at the liquor store, but maybe I will find it. Um, I'm very excited about it. Nice. Should we get into? Some yeah, let's get into add these. This actual like talking about important things. Thanks for keeping us on, uh, on track, Brian. So we have some sad news. This uh, this came across and. Of all people, Carlos found it before I did. Like, this came across his news feed before mine, but Anchor Steam is closing. Uh, I am at the, at very much at the same time. I, okay, the first, the first thought in my head was, I'm not surprised at all. At the second time, I am feeling extremely bummed because this is and was gateway for a lot of people into the craft industry and i think to call a 127 year old brewery a craft brewery is a little odd doesn't fit the timing in a sense but yeah i would say this is like legacy gateway um I don't remember the last time that I was like, oh, yeah, let's go get some Anchor Steam. Anytime I can remember times where I was like, yes, let's grab this Steam beer, you know? Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's a brewery that defined a style. Not a lot of breweries can claim that. True. 
like uh the like the ink like the steam beer was their beer um it like from the gold rush like that is their beer and i remember the first time i had like anchor steam on tap was in san francisco it was very exciting um i'm like we weren't able to make it out to the brewery which was a bummer but i had this beer a bunch one of the first homebrews i made or all grain batches i did was a steam beer uh that i messed up and came out to nine percent uh but (laughs) (laughs) so the cool thing here though is that this is this is the ancient not ancient but this is the grandfather probably the great grandfather of hybrid yeast here so we're talking about a, a tolerant strain that will ferment warm but also clean and so that's that's kind of the nature of like your Cal Common, California Common, or your Steam Beer, or your Kentucky Common, is a warm fermenting yeast that won't kick banana. And we talked about, uh, you know, this over on having a little bit of a banana, and that's because of a high temperature of fermentation. Now this haze craze like this trend which actually we're going to kind of get into that next time about trends or the next topic about trends um this strain is able to metabolize and not kick like a banana yeah flavor um and the the bummer part here for me like i think the biggest bummer here is a lot of the articles are blaming the pandemic and like the parent company is blaming the pandemic but from other things I've read, it's just mismanagement by Sapporo uh, is the reason it's yeah. going under. We're, we're not there. We are not high level. But um, a thing I read was they had been having issues since 2016. And so I'm not agreeing or believing that it was the pandemic. Yeah, but I'm not there. There's some high level shit wherever you work or whatever you do that you don't understand. And, you know, if you want to sleep at night, then you're going to have to accept the fact that, you know, this is the, the pandemic did it, but, or, or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. there's a lot, a lot, a lot of factors here. And what I do know is that there are some very essential boots on the ground, some, some, human beings that have been like very lovingly crafting this beer for a long time. And that's who my heart goes out to. Um, you know, then again, there are the execs that run these companies that have to make these tough decisions and that's the thing, but you know, um, is every single person involved bummed? Yes. Is it, it's never good. It's, it's, a, like this goes it's, it's a shot to the heart to like beer lovers in the industry. It'd be like, like losing like what Yingling on the on the East Coast, right? Or if um, Liney's vanished tomorrow. So I think what you're saying is that like this is like your 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 co- your second cousin or your cousin. <laughs> 
Well, no, it's just it's it's one of those things that it it was it's always been there. It's um when you you remember uh, I guess uh, when when I was first getting into beer, I would talk to friends on the East Coast, and they'd be like, "Oh, when you come out here, you gotta try Yingling. You're gonna love it." And West Coasters were like, "Oh, have you had Anchor Steam? Like, you gotta get an Anchor beer." A- Anchor Steam beer will be missed. Period. Yes. And they they did a. Man, again, without Googling, uh, or I should say search engineing, but. It's like Kleenex, you they, can just say it. Sure, Velcro. They had a Christmas ale that was probably like barley wine strength, now that I think about it. And they had some cool specialty stuff that, that really did the job. Um, they made clean beer. They were gateway. They were landmark. And and this is... It's a bummer. You know, yeah, it's a bummer. It's not devastating. Well, but it's yeah. Should we talk about something not, happy now? Yeah. All right. So I've been sending Brian photos of Bell's <laughs> new <laughs> marketing campaign because I think it's the best, and it. Why? Why in the hell are we sponsored by Bell's? <laughs> I don't know. We really should be. <laughs> it took until now to, to th- for me to think about this. Like we're. Like, I was thinking about that. Like what? While, while, I was, while I was writing this episode, I was like, yeah, we probably should be writing, like sponsored by Bells. But this marketing I mean, campaign even- is hilarious to me because we've been saying for years that two-hearted, prepare to be whelmed. It's- well, every, every time you just tell somebody that you're like, they're like, oh, you like the craft beer, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I like West Coast IPA. But the one from Michigan. <laughs> they 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 started this marketing campaign that's called Never Trend is like the title of the campaign. And it's basically like, we're not going to change anything. We want to be at the lowest end of the social media. Two-hearted. I think the idea is to just make, you know, them... You know, like I don't, I I do think that there is a big segment of people that are tired of trending shit. Well, yeah, I, I you're looking person. at two of them. <laughs> like we're so sick and tired of pastry stouts and milkshake IPAs that we made fun of it by doing roll a style. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, oh, here's the slogan. Are you supposed to? Do? Uh, yeah. If you're never in fashion, you can't go out of fashion. Too hearted. <laughs> I really feel like that's my my whole life though, and that's <laughs> it resonates with me. Like, or I've not. always been part of the a part of the counterculture. I've never yeah. been cool. And like for a second there, and this does tie into our next topic too. For a second there, I was very cool and very relevant, and now, now what? <laughs> Now you're just yeah, too hearted, man. You're just well. It's really neat. They don't care that they're they're not trending. Uh, you're too hearted has always just kind of been standing alone. Like it's the new Sierra Nevada. 
man, I don't know how I feel about that statement. I got to think about that. I mean, yeah, think about it, but that's that's how I feel about it. It's it's the beer that's always on tap. It's the go-to. You see it, you're going to get it. If you're like, ah, I don't really know. This is, And this beer's been around, this Bell's Too Hard has been around since, what, 1997? Yeah. Um, 100% Centennial Hop. So this is, this is how you know you can... Yeah, what was the one I sent you yesterday or the other day? Well, okay. So listen, I'm I'm always very high on prize brewing. Jeremy Prize built his brand with one one really fucking thick, gnarly West Coast IPA, Midwest Coast IPA. Bell's was Bell's did it first. Yeah. Prize is awesome, I mean, by the way. We should go there sometime. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't see why not. Yeah, no, that Jeremy Prize is always doing something crazy. Like, it's... Yeah, no, <laughs> we probably should. But anyway, um, so this this campaign that Bells is doing should probably, I would hope, uh, fuel some growth, would help them expand their footprint, which I... Honestly, have no idea what their footprint is right now. It's probably pretty large, but I'm pretty I sure it's just that. the world. If you can't yeah, walk into know. your local bar and get Bell's Two Hearted, find a new local bar. Yeah, <laughs> I do know you could only get this on draft or in 22 ounce bottles. Oh, I remember, God, the bombers. Yep, bombers only, oh, and then. Shit. Remember the gold cap? Yep. They had a gold cap forever, and the cap ended up, now it has a fish on it. It does, yeah. They changed that up, and they started canning it. I remember when they started canning it. It was a whole thing. Well, you had to at that point. If you didn't have the infrastructure to can, like, you were boned. Like, all the breweries then were starting to can. Yeah, well, that kind of leads us right into this next one where we're talking about specific trends. Because mm-hmm. we've we've seen a lot of trends in the beer industry. Um, and this newest one is the decline of the beer festival. We've 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 seen we've seen the the rise, we've seen the the leveling out, and COVID may have killed it. I don't or like, and I don't I, I don't know if it was COVID because no. they were getting kind of tired even before that happened. I know you specifically refused. You're like, I'm never pouring at festivals ever again. I'm done. I don't even want to go to them. How many years ago was that? Uh, That was, so when did you start doing the podcast? Like six years ago? Yeah. Yeah, so it was probably about five years ago or six years ago. Probably five. I was just done. You were you were like I'm done as I think it was as soon as you guys had enough staff that wanted to go pour you were like I'm not pouring anymore. I cannot I cannot be on for I'm not gonna go on that tirade I can't be on for three hours and pass beers to drunken bros. I don't remember why this came up literally this weekend someone was talking about 
this whole deal. And I was like, you know, I said, I used to at least try to keep the brewery stickers until later in the fest because then people would remember you. But I, I too am guilty of being at like the autumn brew review in like 2008 or nine and, and being like really stoked on checking out all these new, new breweries or old breweries or whatever. But then like halfway through, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just give me a full pour. We're having fun. Ha ha. And these went from a robust marketing opportunity to a total drunken swimming in your own vomit pile of bullshit. Um, I am okay with, with giant beer festivals being done and gone. I think if you're going to do a big thing like that, you should attach it to some other event like a state fair. So the Minnesota state fair does that like Minnesota beer thing. And if you want all these like, you know, people rolling in and just getting way too drunk and not remembering what they're drinking. And like, that is probably the platform. Um, smaller, more intimate events, I think are more impactful. Um, especially if it's industry focused, like restaurateurs, um, bar managers, people that are able to actually make decisions on a larger scale, I think would at this point be more impactful, but you know, I, I, I don't feel bad saying that, that I very much hated passing out two ounces of beer to some bro trying to explain it to them and them, and they didn't fucking care. And they just wanted a giant pour and they wanted to get wasted. That part sucked. It's not impactful for marketing. You can't really, you got to have you gotta pay three people or two people or whatever to stand there for hours and hours and just try to prove why you're better why your beer is better than you're standing between surly and bells and you're trying to be like oh but wait a minute like our beer is great too <laughs> or like you're at a you're at a smaller one like cave fest and you're with all of your friends and like because like you're like you're so you're there between like um Oliphant and Pitchfork and but all of your local breweries do such different things that you're like it's not a competition but they somehow try to make it into a competition or even worse is um so when I started going to Cave Fest it was awesome because it was all um local breweries and it was or I guess local ish but it was always employees of the brewery pouring the beer and then as time went on, it was distributors setting up massive tables and having distributors pouring the beer and they don't know anything about the beer. Sure. And then it was also the the you know, the liquor store proprietor deciding who got to yeah. have what table where, which is all favoritism and all has to do. With, with who's giving him the beer where and yep. who's is getting the best deal. Like is that every other liquor store getting one case each and he's getting four, which is how it kind of broke down a lot at that particular festival. Yes. I'm calling him out. 
um that was a total nightmare like yeah was like were some of these breweries that were trying to like make their mark making subbar beer yes absolutely but you know like the favoritism is and has always been there and you know that's it's just not yeah. it's not good for the well, community not good for anybody well and they're they're a like what, what's what's the what's the term it's a loss leader right so you you lose money on it to, in order to make it potentially make money later but if everybody's too drunk to remember your fucking name then you're not going to make any money later down the road right yeah no um, good accountant or investor is should be behind like four people driving in a van with a bunch of fucking kegs to madison from Minneapolis to do this beer fest, you're not the return is fucking garbage. It's not gonna happen. But the cheese was pretty good. Yeah, that's rad. <laughs> and no. that's another brewery I worked for where it was completely useless to extend all of that. And it's all just pie in the sky and Yeah. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah. Well, and even so from the attendee side, like I don't have um much experience on your side of it. Uh, I poured it a couple and it was an experience that I don't want to repeat. Um, but I will on very like the, the garage has called me a couple of times to help out and they're doing like very small ones. I'm like, I'll do that. That's fine. But um, for things like like as, as an attendee, it's gotten to the point where one, I might just be too old for a beer fest because I don't want to get that drunk at noon. Or maybe that is a really good point, Casey. Like I, I, I wonder if I just sounded like an old jaded jerk. <laughs> I, mean, I just, I won't put up with liquor store, tiny liquor store owners who don't have any clout anymore. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm I'm good. I'm done with that. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, from from like uh well, and so like the the festival that made me say I'm done with festivals. I still I will still go to beer events, like Central Waters, I will go to that until I can no longer get tickets. That is one of my favorite things. It's a single brewery putting on an event to celebrate their beer, their like anniversary party. That's a whole different thing than what we're talking about, which is a beer festival, which is multiple breweries coming together and doing a thing. And like, it's not breweries coming together. It's just multiple beers at an event. Um, It used to be, I would go to these and I'd be really excited because the breweries would be excited. They would have special releases for the events. They would like put firkins on, they would do all of this cool stuff. What in the hell is a firkin? (laughs) Right, I miss the Firkin thing. I mean, I got my glass. A whole whole fucking Firkin fest. Yeah, and now it's you go, you go there, and it's just everything you can get on the liquor store shelf. Well, turns out that I've been doing my own beer fest for the last year, and I've done that. I want, I want to try something new. I want to see, like, as as a patron, I'm like. Brewery, impress me. Like, put it your best foot forward here. Let's see what you got. Let's do something fun. And instead, you're like, well, here's our house beers that you can get 
365 days a year, but now because you paid a ticket price, you can get shitty on them. And so I see I why they're dying. That. I still haven't done that central waters thing with you. God damn it. All the years I've known you. Uh, we'll get you there this year. All right. You I mean, so. it's a, it's, it's, I always buy an extra ticket. This is true. In, and as you know, I like to be invited to the parties I'm not going to go yeah. to. Well, and that one's with Steve and Joel, and that'd be a lot of fun. If we could get two extra tickets, then you and Lucy can come. It's a whole thing. There you go. Anyway, m- much rambling. Should we move? To- we should probably move on to listener mail. This has gotten yeah. to be a very uh, D-O-O-E episode of Homebrew Bound, but it's all beer focused, so I think it's okay. I think so, too. Yeah. All right. So listener mail, listener mail. So this one came in from Tim. Uh, Hey, so I'm making this Hefeweizen tomorrow. I did respond to this. We're just going to respond to it on air as well. Uh, When I Uh entered the recipe into Beersmith, it calculated the bittering uh, addition of Tetanang uh, would have an AA of 4.5%. So one ounce would have given me about 15 IBUs. The Tetanang I got from the local homebrew shop only has an alpha acid of 2.1%, only giving me around 7 IBUs. I want to increase the IBUs a few points to help balance out the malt profile, but I only have a packet of Chinook sitting around. Would it mess up the flavor profile if I added 0.1 ounce of Chinook at 60 minutes to help increase the IBUs? No. That's what I said. Why, Brian? Tim, throw down, because you're you're not going to get the flavor from it at all at yeah. 60 minutes no you're you're just throwing alpha acid you're just throwing balancing alpha acids in there and if you can tim taste the chinook from your 60 minute brother you need to get into beer judging like <laughs> <laughs> also 0.1 ounce of chinook in a five gallon yeah bag. and i so Tim, your instincts are uh, your instincts are strong, and yeah, throw down. All right. Uh, this is this one is from Nate. Hey, fellas. Uh, hope this finds you well. I really like uh, reading these because I get like we get the voice, and it's just kind of fun. Like they write in their voice. Yeah, I I just enjoy that because I would never say fellas. I told you at the beginning, like before, like before we start record, before we started recording, that I really this is my favorite kind of episode. Yeah. Uh, hey, fellas, hope this finds you well. I'm brewing a hoppy, hazy IPA, and I'm stuck on dry hopping concerns. Uh, it's been in primary for three and a half weeks, and I'm wanting to dry hop for one to two days before bottling. In a recent episode, you guys talked about how oxygenated hops might not be such a bad thing but didn't elaborate research online discusses the risks of oxygenating the brew when dry hopping thoughts on this. I failed to dry hop during active fermentation, which I will do next time and uh, would appreciate any insight. Cheers. Um, so the episode he's re- uh, referring to is we were talking about like building devices and things like that to um, minimize the amount of oxygen introduced to the beer during dry hopping. And I believe we came to the conclusion that any oxygen that you're adding is negligible versus the complexity that you're adding with all of these gadgets. Yeah. Um, 
I like thought about this a lot actually, and it's so <laughs> sorry, my cat. Uh, we're we're talking about God, and this is like a throwback from the Janish era. So sesquit terpenoid type oxidation. You'd get like spicy or herbal character. But the threshold there, and what did I say before? Like, brother, if you can if you can taste or perceive what might happen from opening anything and throwing hops in there, like, wow, you are very good. Um, you know, these these hop oil essences all kind of contain oxygenated properties anyway, and it it really just doesn't matter. It, I would say we already have discussed how to not get oxygen in like about a thousand times. I just don't think that opening up the, the tiny neck on a carboy or the bubbler that's, you know, four inches wide that it's going to affect your five gallon or 19 liter batch to the point where it's going to make a difference or and if you're using you know, a bucket or, or even a bucket. Um, honestly, like I, the, there is going to be more metabolism of oxygen by the yeast and they are going to push CO2 out. And if you've got a blow off, they're going to push the oxygen out. And I just don't think you're going to have any kind of problem. And if, and I always try to approach this, like if I was in a cave and just, you know, rubbing two sticks together. And I needed to make a beer, some post-apocalypse beer. To, to heat the, the flame to boil the beer. Like I just, you know, if you, if you could blanket it with CO2, that would be good. Like, I don't know. That's all what you do on a professional level. You just like, you know, and like, I don't know, just once in a while you're like up on top of the fermenter and you're like, oh shit, give me the CO2 hose. Like, I don't know. It, I've also seen you just open a porthole and then dump a bucket of hops in. Yeah. So the, the, and then try to close it real fast before it exploded at you. Like, yeah, the action involved in that, like, I'm, I'm more concerned, honestly, that, that you might, you know, Nate, you might sanitize like the opening before you, put the hops in i bacteria is more of a concern than oxidation yeah and at three and a half weeks um it is just isn't gonna matter um gosh are we elaborating <laughs> enough though i think so i, mean, I think this might, this might fall under the realm of um hot side aeration where I don't, I just, I don't see a concern. Um, yeah. I, I, I agree. I think you're, I think you're good. Chuck the hops in. You know, I mean, if you're entering it in a competition, like once again, like I really doubt anyone is, it's just not, it's so negligible. Like, well, and, and like, you think about how fast you're going to drink this beer too. Cause I mean, it's a dry hopped IPA. It's going to be gone in a week anyway. It's not going to have a chance. 
is it going to sit in the bottle forever? Yeah. Well, then, he, then you, you so know, it might be a different thing. We were chatting back and forth while like, so I was like, Oh, just do it. Like, it'll be fine. And then he sent me the photos of his bottling day and he had a whole thing and a bunch of beer ended up in a little kiddie pool and it was a whole ordeal. Did, was there, did he get a straw and drink it then or not? Well, not of the kiddie pool, I don't think. I didn't ask that. I should ask. I need to ask the important <laughs> questions. You have access to the Facebook too, man. You could just look. <laughs> That's true. I do. I do. Yeah. All right. Well, we are at 45 minutes. Should we get out of oh, here? God. Yeah. Okay. I'm just waiting to make sure that you were good to get out of here before. I wasn't sure if you had anything else you wanted to say. All right, if you guys no. have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and just an email at feedback at blindindustudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindindustudios. You can follow us on Instagram at blindindustudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace.